Wikipedia.org is a massive site with over 5,275,000 articles in English alone. Whoa, that's a lot. Many people can tell you the accuracy of this knowledge, but Ben Graw, this is the Ben voice, and Garth Remington, this is the Garth voice, are not even smart enough to determine what is true and what is not. Yeah, they're kind of dumb. If knowledge starts conversation, then they will review Wikipedia pages for their entertainment value and find which pages are boring. That's boring. Leave me alone. You're such a loser. And which are interesting. That's so interesting. Wanna have sex? They're doing one page at a time and they're not stopping till they've done every single one. They're going to do all of them? This is the Wiki Review. That's awesome. Well, it's not not so much for the people, but... Because I don't need those two things happening simultaneously. (laughs) Fake an orgasm. Welcome to Wiki Review. I'm Ben Graw. I'm Garth Remington. And we are back doing another Wikipedia page. And this time we are doing the Wikipedia page for the list of topics categorized as pseudoscience. That's a title, not just a sentence. For those who don't know, pseudoscience is something that pretends to be science that is not science. It's the old rule of if something's the something of something, it's really the nothing of nothing. If something has a word in front of science, it's not a science. Basically replace the word pseudoscience with bullshit. Yeah, just not. Yeah. Pseudo means not. Someone believes this, but they're not a scientist. I like that pseudo is actually a very, like, smart-sounding word. It sounds really like, ooh, pseudo, ooh, you're really into something. What's that mean? It means I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's a good kind of science. It's not just a science, it's a pseudoscience. (laughs) Yeah, that meteorite's going to hit the Earth. But I'm not a scientist. I'm a pseudo-astronomer. <laughs> but you can trust me on that. Well, I'm excited about this one because we have got... This is a list of pseudosciences. I love this stuff. This is things that people actually believe it. That's why it's hilarious to me. There are people out there who swear by these as sciences. And in the contents here, yeah, they got a vast variety of topics. you got astronomy and space, earth sciences, energy, architecture Which, how can you... Like, architecture if you do that wrong, wouldn't the building just fall down? architecture I can't wait to read it. It might be like feng shui. Yeah, feng shui, the first one. Feng shui. I called it feng shui, the bullshit art of arranging a building. Actually, no, no, this is a great first story to do with this. I learned about feng shui in Hong Kong. The banks, when they make their gigantic skyscrapers, because they're banks, they can afford that, they use feng shui for designing the architecture of their building. And the biggest bank there, I have no idea what the banks are called there. If I had money, maybe I'd be a bit more interested in bank names. But the biggest one there, they built this huge tower it has like an x on one side of it now x's in feng shui are bad energy it's bad energy and that x is pointed directly at the building of their biggest competitor so technically their feng shui it's designed to let in the positive energy from one side and to shoot bad energy at their opponent so they got a bad luck cannon on their building aimed at their competitor because
because in Hong Kong people believe in feng shui, that actually has gotten them more business. They're doing mm. better than their competitor because of the feng shui. So you could argue that feng shui actually works. Is that it? it might be. Because it's a bunch of X's on there. Bank of China Tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other side doesn't have those, maybe. It's just got those X's. It's just shooting bad luck <laughs> everywhere. It's like, if you're not us, you're getting bad luck. <laughs> but if you looked at the other side of it, it might actually, like, not be all crossed up like that. Oh, yeah, that one's sort of... That's just from that angle. We're just looking at buildings in China right now. Uh, in Hong Kong. Well, it's the same building. It's the X one that you're talking yeah. about. They all have taken that into account when building their architecture. They take feng shui into account and it actually does do better for them. The positive energy from the east and the negative energy... I don't know how feng shui works. So I just, I'm just using words I've heard. It actually does work. Well, casinos do that as well where they'll set up their rooms to be lucky so when you look around, you'll be like, oh, this is a lucky room. I can win lots of money there. <laughs> but then it's lucky for who? Lucky for someone. When you said the feng shui of casinos, I'm like, oh yeah, like how clocks bring bad luck. <laughs> and if you can see outside light, that's a negative effect on the human brain and how lucky it can be. A lot of <laughs> negative energy from knowing what time of day it is. Yeah, you don't want that in a casino. That's not how you win. <laughs> Well, that's true, actually. You think about it. When you look at a clock, how often are you happy when you look at a clock compared to how often are you sad when you look at a clock? Because who looks at a clock to make them happy? You've never in your life been like, I need to know what time it is because that will make my life good. Oh, no. At work, I have. At work, you sort of sit there and go like, I'm going to look at the clock and it's going to make me happy because it's going to tell me it's like nearly time to go home or lunchtime or something. But that's mediated happiness. It's not like, oh, look at the time. I'm getting a blowjob right now. <laughs> it's that time of day where I, where I get free candy. No, it's mitigated happiness. You're like, I'm going to look at the clock and see there's like an hour left at work. I'm going to be so happy. No, you still have to work for an hour, Ben. That sucks. Your life actually sucks. Stop trying to pretend you're happy about it. Yeah, but then the thing is, is you look up at the clock and you actually find out that even though you thought you only had an hour left to work, it's actually two hours. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, seriously? I thought it'd been longer than that. <laughs> I spent so long not looking at the clock because I thought it'd make me happy when I do look at it. Do you ever play the not looking at the clock game? All the time. <laughs> you just like, I'm not going to look at the clock for the next 15 minutes. And then you look up and it's been like two minutes. And you're like, no. <laughs> no I break it all up. I've got a whole day mitigate. I can look at the clock when I get to work. It's like 8.30 start. Oh, okay, I already made it to 8.30. That's all right. Yeah, I've got some stuff done. I'm halfway there, man. And then when it gets to midday, I'm like, I am totally halfway there. I say I'm halfway there all day. Then when it's like three o'clock, I finish at five. That's when I start losing my crap. Oh, come on. It's been going for so long. When's this day going to end? And those last two hours are the worst. I've already packed up. I'm just sort of pretending to work, trying to get out of there. Well, you don't want to start anything new. Exactly. There's no point in starting. It's like, who starts anything new at four o'clock? No one. But that is also the same excuse I use for Fridays. <laughs> I'm not like start. all day Friday. It's like, I'm not starting anything today. Uh, there's no point in starting. The weekend's coming up. I'll forget it on Monday. And then when Monday comes, it's, I don't want to start anything new. I just, like, it's the first day of the week. Just give me a second to, like, get my bearings. And I have an excuse like that for every day. <laughs> I do nothing. But you'll get there. Oh, it'll get done. It has to. Someone else will eventually do it. See, I believe in Vong Shui in the way that if you put like a chair in front of a door, that's probably <laughs> going to bring you bad luck. <laughs> because stubbing your toe hurts. Yeah, sooner or later, that's going to bring someone bad luck. <laughs> Leaving um, pictures out of your ex-girlfriend around the house. Bad energy from your wife. <laughs> Penn and Teller did a good bit on their show Bullshit with Vung Shui. What they did was they got a house and they got a Vung Shui person in to do it and to make it all flow. And then when they left, they got another Vung Shui person in to get it and they set it up completely different. <laughs> and then they got a third one who came up and set it up even completely different. 
how could all of them think that the previous one had mm. set it up badly? And because, yeah, the person had set it up to be feng shui good, they shouldn't mm. walk in there and think this feng shui is wrong. I mean, I can understand different types. Like, oh, I'm letting in... I'm going to keep saying the positive energy from the east because I have no idea beyond <laughs> that. But like, the, oh, no, 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 it's not perfectly east. Or, well, what about the... I don't know. I think it's just, yeah, a name given to interior designers in China. Well, do they have any, like, feng shui rules? <laughs> yeah, let's find this out because... It's on the feng shui page. I think it was Kathleen Madigan who talked about, yeah, a friend came in with feng shui. He was like, oh, no wonder you're having such bad luck. Your couch is in the wrong position. Oh, really? It's the couch's fault? <laughs> not the fact that I sit on it 12 hours a day? <laughs> it's the couch's fault that I'm not clicking around here. <laughs> Well, it has here the east is the Azuru Dragon. Ooh, spring equinox. I didn't know there was a spring equinox. That's awesome. South is the Vermilion Bird. Ooh, the white tiger from the west. I love that. If I was in a kung fu film, I'd like to be the white tiger from the west. <laughs> That'd fit well. That would fit you quite well. And The, the white and the west part. Maybe not the tiger. <laughs> the black tortoise from the north. That's a bit more Game of Thrones. That is. <clears throat> that does seem very Games of Thronesy. Yeah, north, south, east, west. Are any of them bad? You're asking the wrong guy but let's find out <clears throat> i don't want to find out too much <laughs> <laughs> how deep do we go down because now we're on the wikipedia page for the azuru dragon yeah. azura dragon also known as blue green dragon which isn't a kind of algae and cheese so is he good or bad he represents the mountain well i don't want mountains in my house yeah if mountains developed in my house that would be a problem <laughs> What's feng shui say about mountains? Is that mountains letting in all the positive energy or the- I don't know. I, I don't think it would be positive energy. I think I'd be very angry. Yeah, there's a whole lot of dirt in your house. <laughs> you might want to get that out before the landlord sees it. <laughs> Dude, it's my positive energy dragon mountain. So basically it doesn't mean anything or do anything. That's as far as I'm going to put it. Yeah, and they don't have any like basic rules. It's just these are the names of things. Lots of chinese words. <laughs> Which I wasn't expecting at all from feng shui. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other other architectural science? Vastu Shastra, Shastra, which it's is Indian. Hindu. So what, I'm guessing it's the same thing. In relation to ambience, that's that's what it's to do. Scientists like some guy write that it has no logical connection with the environment and notes that sometimes what has already been built is demolished and rebuilt to accommodate the rules. So in other words, this one's just like feng shui and it's just made up, but it's made up by Indians this time. It's Indian feng shui. Yeah, which is right next to China. So you can see how that happened. Is there a Western version of this I think western architecture is a bit more well we kind of have to fit everything in yeah it's more functional I guess when we built our buildings we don't really have superstition reasoning unless you have like churches churches and the 13th floor thing the 13th floor thing I'm surprised that didn't come up in architecture it's not a pseudoscience it's a what, what do you even call that a, a superstition yeah that's the one but are superstition pseudosciences because wouldn't feng shui be a superstition well to us it is I think that's the basic difference it's like mythology when we talked about that someone out there actually believes this whereas a superstition is like you believe it even though you're not supposed to I know 13 isn't an unlucky number but y you kind of hesitate I don't know I'm fine with the 13th I'm one of those people who if I get number 13 it's like yeah, yeah I'll take it and just not mm. care just so I can be one of those people who don't care that I've got 13 but when you've got a choice between 13 and another number you're more likely to take the other number just because possibly possibly alright what else we got here because that's architecture very small only those two things what was the one we were looking at before paranormal and, and ufology ufology oh my god that ufology ufology I think it's meant to be ufology yeah but I, it, it's spelled like one word so I'm gonna yeah. ufology yeah it's like when the word mini series i always see miniseries miniseries <laughs> if they write it like one word then it's miniseries <laughs> 
commiserations and miseries to you all. But yeah, UFO, because it's paranormal and ufology. You know that anything that's taken an like UFO that mm. stands for unidentified flying object and turns that into a word, you know you don't have to take that thing very seriously. <laughs> so they have animal mutilations straight at the top. It's where people mutilate animals. That's not where people mutilate animals. It's where, you know when cows oh. are abducted by aliens and they come back all like fucked up? Yeah, that's what I meant. Humans did that and then we blamed on aliens. Uh, it could be other things. I mean, because a lot of the times they talk about like their tongues and eyes are removed, which is very consistent with ants. That's <laughs> That does seem to happen. Because ants usually parts. go for the soft parts first because that it's is easy. Ac- absolutely true. Yeah, so this is where animals get mutilated and fill in whatever um, conspiracy theory you want. It was either the government, a cult, aliens, all the usual suspects. George Bush. Well, it's funny. They don't have any pictures on this page. Thank God. Yeah, see, no, they have go. natural Flies. causes flies yeah like flies and yeah bugs can eat things quite quickly because they always talk about like the surgical precision at which like the eyes and the tongue are mm. removed and it's like yeah bugs are fucking tiny they can do surgical precision and they only eat the soft part so i'm pretty sure that's okay so yeah that's why it's on this page <laughs> that's <laughs> why it's on the list channeling uh that's where you channel spirit communication of information to or through a person allegedly from a spirit or other paranormal entity john edwards yes uh the great medium the biggest douche in the universe he is if you believe south park which i do <laughs> which i do yeah they've never steered me wrong did you know carl's mom's a big fat bitch <laughs> biggest bitch in the whole world she's a mean old bitch there was a bitch bitch to all the boys and girls <laughs> are we gonna do a sing song now <laughs> uh not if we don't want to get sued fair enough so channeling i've seen this before when people you know they start talking in a weird voice like i'm talking from the others the other realm and we all have to not laugh while they do it i think that's the greatest challenge of it can you channel someone and not lose your shit when you and realize everyone's believing you. I always think it's funny with channeling is because when you watch the people like John Edwards and stuff and they're going, okay, I'm seeing like a boat or is it is it a horse or, <laughs> or what is it? Is it some sort of vehicle? And it's like, is the ghost playing charades with you right now? <laughs> like they're doing like, you know, one word. It's a movie. Because <laughs> it could sound like he's throwing out a bunch of shit, but it also sounds yeah. like someone playing charades. It sounds exactly like... So if like- the ghost is playing charades, that explains the wild guesses all over the place because it's just like look I'm just going for it I'm waiting till he touches his nose <laughs> John Edwards he is a very good medium not the best at charades that turns out to be the letdown it's not that he's duping anyone he's legitimate he's just really bad at charades I think the only way to find out exactly how full of crap he is is to actually play a game of charades with him John Edwards let's get him in a room get him playing charades and they're like ah oh. like you go first word he's like jackal Jackal! It's a boat! No, it's a riverboat! It's a car! It's a... You're like, oh my god, that's your show. <laughs> I remember seeing some tricks with cold reading and mm. stuff like that, where you can just ask leading questions that are kind of bullshit, where, like, if I would ask you, like, you're not thinking of going on a holiday anytime soon, are you? No, I'm not. But if I was, it sounds like you just said that. How did he know I was thinking about that? But I've said you're not, so when you say, no, I'm not... Then you can move on to the next thing. Yeah, like, well, I said that you're not, so I've got that. Mm. So it counts as a hit whether you say yes or no. Because no. even if you reading. say you're not going on a holiday, it's like, yeah, I didn't think so. You seem like you need to have a bit of a break, though. You, because <laughs> <laughs> And then it's completely open then. Mm. Either you're telling me I should. Oh, my favorite reading thing in um, Seinfeld, that classic episode. The guy goes, what month were you born? <laughs> January. You should have been born in August. <laughs> 
What? <laughs> Easiest thing in the world to do. Good old channeling. And then we got crop circles. Crop circles are fun. Apparently aliens come across the universe distances we couldn't even conceive how to go over. Physically, if you travel at the speed of light, you'll be there for thousands of years traveling. Somehow they do it. And when they get here, what do they do? They fuck up our crops. I don't know, aliens hate corn, it turns out. They wanted to tag a, a field. Yeah, because there were two guys in England that uh, started crop circles. I think it was like Mike and... Yeah, they fa- did all those fake ones, yeah. I think that's not real. No. Oh, yeah, of course they're not real. Oh, no, they are real. There's there's actually simple ways you can do the crop circles, though. Like, I've seen a few people making crop circles where you can do yeah. these cool little shapes. Because you can see they love always doing circles. Because with the method, doing circles and round shapes is actually really easy. Because they get a piece of string string and go out and just circle, circle. around and, and just exactly get like around. a plank of wood push it down as they go just following the track with that circle so actually doing circles is the easiest one to do no, that makes sense these are some great patterns they got there I don't think any of these are considered alien crop circles though these are people got together and well we could search alien crop circles oh, there's a picture of an alien in one it's like a selfie <laughs> see that he's got alien a selfie dish. that's him holding out the phone there their yeah. phones look like manhole covers and he's taking the selfie I think he's actually doing the duck lips <laughs> look at that it looks like he's doing like a little peace sign there or something <laughs> hashtag alien crop circle these kind of look like they've been done on purpose everyone knows it's like okay that's an alien smoking a pipe I'm pretty sure that's real <laughs> that's an alien <laughs> that's real if there's one thing I know about aliens is they smoke pipes well is crop circles a pseudoscience because we can make it I mean the fact that aliens make it is probably a pseudoscience like there's a Batman symbol there yeah aliens are big fans of Batman yeah they're much more DC than they are Marvel. I know that about them. <laughs> no, that's just their flag. It's a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, on our planet, that means something nice. Yeah. On our planet, that's a swear word. <laughs> <laughs> Which would explain why Robin's always like, holy chronicles, Batman. No need for profanity, Robin. Cryptozoology. Search for creatures that are considered not to exist by most biologists. Do you believe in Bigfoot or Nessie? No, I don't. <laughs> Is it safe to assume you don't believe in anything that we're going to stumble across on this page? I'm, I want to believe in something on this page. I want it to like be like, oh, by the way, Border Collies aren't a real dog. Wait, what? <laughs> I had one. I've been patting it. I'm sure it's real. I want to find out I've been following a pseudoscience. I've actually been to Loch Ness. Didn't see it. Didn't see the monster? Yeah, it turns out no. Huh. You know who else hasn't? Everyone. <laughs> oh, there was that one guy, but it ended up being a log. <laughs> oh, that half blind geriatric senile man desperate for attention he was pretty sure he saw one see when I was a kid I believed in all of it and then because that made me interested in it the more I kept looking into it the more you're just like oh it's all bullshit oh this doesn't make sense at all that's the best way to get over these things truly believe them yeah and then find out how full of crap they are well that's the thing with a lot of the pseudosciences is it's easier to believe it provided you do no research or give any follow up questions (laughs) as soon as you start looking into it you're like yeah Mm. we know no, it's not real but there are shows on like the discovery channel that's a learning education science-based channel and they have a show called looking for bigfoot which they should call a bunch of rednecks in the bush acting like they're scared for no reason it's just guys in night vision in the woods going you hear that it's a sasquatch <laughs> what no it's not Shouldn't you know this? There is a big market for doing reality shows about a bunch of guys who go into a creepy place and scare themselves. Like whether you're looking for ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, it doesn't matter. Just look for something and every little noise freaks the fuck out. (laughs) That's, that's, (gasps) oh my God. Did you hear that? Because if you hear noises in the dark and you get really scared, I think we've got a show here. That's a show. (laughs) That's a show. It's a proven formula. Wait, Ben, what was, did you hear that? 
I, I hear that. Do you hear that? I think it's Bigfoot. Oh, wait, no, it was just me tapping my palm. Never mind. We'll try next week. See, that would be the problem with you and I doing that show. We'd just be sitting there going, eh, it's probably nothing. <laughs> Even if, like, a poltergeist right in front of us, right now, screaming, I'm like, dude, could you get out of the way of the TV? That's rude. I mean, you're only kind of transparent. <laughs> you're kind of affecting the colours. It's like a filter. <laughs> Everything's a bit greyer than it should be. And, you know, like, I've got a nice TV here. The whites really pop. If a ghost appeared, I'd be bragging about my TV to it. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Do you see, there's snow, but you can see the graphic, this detail of the snow. You see that? That's the whites, and the blacks are actually black. <laughs> it's like, I'm here to haunt you. You think a ghost would be really into television, though? Because what else are you going to do? What else can they do? Yeah. It's pretty much the only thing that you can do as a ghost that you could do when you were living is watch television. Yeah, because you can't touch things. Yeah, there's no difference. You just sit down, tune out, watch a movie or something like that. Feels like you're alive again. It'd be great. Like, hey, I like movies. See, I kind of want to be a ghost now. I could just. <laughs> sit on my couch and watch movies for eternity oh that'd be great you'd never have to get up to go to the bathroom you can watch whatever you want there's no bedtime or anything because i don't think ghosts sleep so you just watch everything that'd be great and we could do the podcast still exactly do you know how i know we could do the podcast how's that electronic voice phenomenon oh the next pseudoscience yeah well that's basically like getting ghosts on audio recording oh when people have a crappy tape recorder mm. and it has like the last thing that was on the tape sort of half there still mm. like see you can hear a ghost when people play you like a tape and go hear this you can hear a ghost in it and then like you don't hear anything like i don't hear anything they say oh no listen really carefully in that staticky bit you can sort of hear someone saying like get out <laughs> and you sort of listen really hard and you can sort of hear it and like eh, i guess, I guess. <laughs> see ghosts are real that's electronic voice phenomenon <laughs> So yeah, we could still do the podcast because ghosts can be recorded. It's not going to be the best recording quality by the sounds of it. But if you listen really hard to our podcast, you know, you'll be told to get out. Do you reckon it would be an interesting world where, let's say, everything that's science got put on this list and everything on this list became science? The rules of nature just flipped where all the pseudosciences were now real, real. science. <laughs> And all the actual science was now bullshit. That would be a great world. I mean, it'd be a lot easier to go to school and study. Suddenly, all the people who are the most educated, well-read, hardest working would be the kooks. <laughs> Stephen Hawking would be a complete crackpot. Don't listen to that guy. He's crazy. Yeah. And he's got this, like, wheelchair. <laughs> all this technology. That's not supported by pseudoscience. Not at all. That shouldn't work at all. It's a gimmick he does. Yeah. Okay, it's not real. That chair doesn't actually roll. Meanwhile, all the crystal-holding acid taking hippies would suddenly be like the leaders of world science global warming is real but apparently it's to do with the azura dragon <laughs> it rises from the east too early so what we need is we need a bunch of amethyst see i wish the pseudosciences were real just because in order to make a heap of money you got to work hard you got to figure out smart ways to do it and you know get out there and be do all this awesome stuff if pseudosciences are real all you need is a magic rock <laughs> then it's done you're done i got the rock i got the rock he's got the rock you can't argue with that <laughs> I'm done. Now I'm rich. Now I'm rich. I have a rock. Then I just go to the stock market, buy the first stock I think, and that stock will go awesome. Mm. All because I have a rock. <laughs> Life's simpler then. You don't have to go to school. You just have to get a rock collection. <laughs> Figure out which one's the lucky one. If someone's selling lucky rocks, it's worth the investment, isn't it? That's going to pay back. But why would you sell lucky rocks? Surely you just keep them. Well, maybe you've got a rock that gives you extra luck if you sell lucky rocks. I don't know how pseudoscience works. <laughs> 
But it'd be funny. You've got to think somewhere. There has been a store that has a bunch of these rocks that give good luck financially that has gone out of business. Yes. <laughs> like someone who has a box full of these things. I just can't move them. <laughs> I couldn't sell them. Well, I tried to sell them, but I ran out of money for my store. <laughs> And plus the irony of the weight of the rocks meant it was really hard to move them around and transport them. It cost me a lot in freight. These things have set me back so much. <laughs> it's almost like they're unlucky. <laughs> so then you remarket them. Yeah, unlucky rocks. Give them to people you don't like and they'll have bad luck with money. Like I did for buying them and trying to sell them. And you will for buying it to give to someone. That would be a really good idea for a business. Selling cursed objects. What you do is you just get like an innocent looking gift store. But your thing is, is everything here is cursed. <laughs> do you have somebody who you don't like? A boss that you don't like? Or an ex or something like that? You can buy them a present that's been cursed and will bring them bad luck. And it's just all the regular crap. Like, you know, like you give your boss, what, shot glasses or something? Yeah. Like just, it's just a regular gift store. But it means that every time someone picks something up, you get to make up a story. <laughs> oh, that's going to give him fleas. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But we could go through the process of actually putting a curse on everything. Yeah. Surely absolutely. there's some spell that we just got to chant over it and then it's yeah, done. Yeah, we, we could find a witch or something. And then put demons in a short glass and people can sell it to their well, ex-boyfriend or yeah. boss or something like that. And now he's impotent. Yeah. <laughs> That's, let's do this before someone else thinks of it. And then we can be on this page. Pseudo-science, <laughs> <laughs> Ben and Garth and the cursed rocks. <laughs> Dowsing. That's when you try to find That's water. the stick thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's also metals or gemstones and other objects yeah you can pretty much find anything that's a dowsing. that's a diviner rod when you're looking for water yeah but you douse with a diviner rod yes yes did you believe in that one no i didn't although it's one of those if you walk around you can kind of feel like there's air pressure differences between when there's water underground and above ground what i'm saying is you can do it but you don't need the stick the stick's the pseudoscientific part the holding the stick thing that's just because it's nice to have a prop otherwise it's just a guy walking around going eh, yeah here i reckon what do you reckon here yeah yeah right here that, that's, that's a pseudoscience. It's not a pseudoscience till you put a prop in your hand. If you dig down deep enough in most places, won't you eventually stumble across water? You'd think so. I have no idea, to be honest. Yeah. Every, every underwater finding I've ever had was a bore, mm. which they used, you know, science to find, and then science to dig, which they can dig a lot further with science than you can with a shovel. A uh, guy, James Randy, did a test out in Australia for 60 minutes where it was with some dowsers, and he did up a test where there were eight pipes going under a section of ground. Put water through one, and the dowsers had to go across with their dowsing rod and figure out which one had water running through it and yeah all of them failed of course they did yeah <laughs> he was offering like a one million dollar prize to anyone who could do it one in eight chance for, for a million dollars I'd do that yeah I'd probably give it a go too that's a pretty that's good probability no I think it was more like I don't think it was if you get the one in eight you get the million it was you had to do it a couple of times and they changed yeah, right. it like they did it where it was like to get it by luck was like winning the lottery foiled again before <laughs> I even started because ultimately when it comes to pseudoscience I'm just looking to make a buck <laughs> how can we do this and make money which is the whole point of it. How can you fool idiots? Well, have you ever heard of James Randi? No. He had a challenge out which was a million dollars to anyone who could prove pretty much anything that was on this list. All right, like he on. would talk uh, to psychics and stuff like that and he would think up scientific tests how oh, he could prove their claims. Is he like a like a big um, well-known skeptic or something? Yes. Okay. So he goes around just shitting on people. Cool. Yeah. Good fan. He takes someone who thinks that they're special because they have these powers that are in touch with the universe and tells them they're bullshit just like everyone else. <laughs> you find someone who's actually happy with their life because they think they have something special and he just ruins
opens that for them. <laughs> yeah, he is a professional bubble burster. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> My work is done. Because he started out as a magician who could do a lot of those tricks, hold reading and appear that he had psychic powers and stuff like that. And then he saw other people doing it, saying it was real. And he's like, no, I know how you do it. Magicians are usually the biggest skeptics out there, aren't they? They're the ones who know all the, the tricks of the trade. Yeah, because you remember, do you know who Yuri Geller is? The guy who could bend spoons. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He used to follow around Yuri Geller doing his act. Because <laughs> Yuri Geller would say, look, I'm psychic. I can bend this spoon. And mm. James Randi would come onto that same show the next day and be like, I can bend this spoon and I'm not psychic. I'm using trickery. <laughs> 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 look, I can do the exact same thing and it's not psychic at all. It's just bullshit what I'm doing. <laughs> Two gigs for people. That's nice. Let's make him work. Both of them were doing the same act for a while. <laughs> Except one was saying that he was magical and the other one was saying he was not at all magical. <laughs> and neither's the other guy. <laughs> Which I always thought that was fun. I remember another one he busted was one of those televangelists on oh, those oh, yeah. spiritual healer thing where they put their hand on like cast out demons oh, yep, yep. tower of Christ compels you yeah and, and, then, like, and he would have people where he would go I'm getting a message from God and go would you know Sam who's got lung cancer come up here you're healed and stuff like that <laughs> and it turned out he had an earpiece in and his wife was giving him names and where people are from like off these forms people filled in <laughs> they basically came in with like a radio receiver and they picked it up and they recorded it and then they put on television the tape of him doing his sermon with the voiceover of his wife telling him what to say over. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he's a fun guy. Harry Houdini also did all the when mediums were around. That mm. was post-World War One, wasn't it? Yeah, where a lot of people died in World War One, so there was a lot of grief out there. And that's why I think it's completely justified to shit all over these people. They're dealing with people who are in grief. They're profiting on other people's misfortune and desperation. And therefore, that means we can do whatever we want to these people, and it's fine. Well, he was trying to get in touch with... Was it his mother or his wife? Because she had died, and he had basically mm. made an agreement saying, I'm going to try and get in touch with you. Can I give you a secret word that if you get in contact you tell me and then he went around to all these spiritualists and really? trying to get this secret word and no one came up with the secret word that's cool it's kind of a cool idea to go to someone who's about to die going like hey I'm gonna try and contact you after you die can we set up a secret code that only you and I know that's awesome I do like that the, you know it's the last moments of his mother or wife's mm. life and she's like fading away I just want to say yeah yeah that's good hey look when you're on the other side just remember the word banana <laughs> Say it back to me. Say, these are my last moments. Yeah, no, 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 no. There's going to be all these other moments when you're dead. It's going to be great. I'm going to make fools out of a lot of people thanks to your death. So that's the thing. I would love to do it, but it is an awkward conversation to have with somebody, especially someone who's on their deathbed. You'd think they'd have to do it a while before then. Like, like if we said, like, right now, like, oh, Ben, like, if you ever die, I'm going to go around to a bunch of psychics. Uh, pineapple. Remember that word. As soon as you die, I'm going to be like, but he even remember that. Or even worse, you're the ghost on the other side, and, like, I'm at a psychic going, what's the secret word? And you're like, shit, I knew, I know this. Um, and they're like, pineapple. I'm like, no, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, no. That no. doesn't sound right. <laughs> oh, we can prove that ghosts are real. If only I can remember the word. So even if they said the word, it would not actually prove anything. All it would prove is that they listened to the podcast. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> but, I knew we shouldn't have recorded it. But won't that sell a bunch of books? Probably not written by us, but someone, <laughs> someone will profit. Someone selling books. From your death. <laughs> now I know you knew this one was coming Extrasensory perception Oh yeah Hell because yeah Because you could just tell that That's, That's I, just, I had a you, feeling I'm sensing Not with my nose Or my eyes It's more like a 
it extrasensory? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, it was with my eyes because I read it. Never mind, it's not extra. It's just <laughs> one of the five. <laughs> so we're talking about telepathy, clairvoyance. Have you ever done a telepathy test with somebody where you just look at somebody and like, I'd look at you and be like thinking, hello, Garth. Hello, can you hear me? Do something. Touch your nose if you can hear me. I've never done that because, yeah, no. I did that a little when I was a kid, just trying to see if it would work. Because, hey, if you just tried that and it worked, wow, that's a really cool thing to find out. Hey, turns out I'm clairvoyant. <laughs> All right. I like telling your friends, you know, if we just concentrate on it, we can read each other's minds. <laughs> like, this is a great way to talk in class now. <laughs> it's such... Dude, pass me a pencil. Hey, dude, I noticed you didn't have a pencil and you were staring at me really hard. Do you want a pencil? It worked! <laughs> it worked! I'm psychic! <laughs> Plus, you were mouthing the words, give me a pencil. pencil. And you were reaching for my pencil. <laughs> and you are holding it up like, it's okay. Is it, can I have this? <laughs> I know sometimes when I'm tired and I want to change something on the TV or turn off the TV, I see the remote on the other end of the couch and I just check to see if I have the powers to bring it over to me. If I can weasel out of getting up, that's good if things just come to me. <laughs> you stare at it really hard trying to channel Luke Skywalker yeah. and then eventually it works because your wife will go, did you want this? How excited would you get if you reached for something thinking, come on, come to me, come to me, and it didn't come to you, but you saw it move just a, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Would that be enough to get you excited where like all day you'd be like, come on. Oh, come on, I did this once before. I mean, just because I accidentally kicked the stool it was on doesn't, doesn't sway me. What do you got? Ghost hunting. We sort of talked about the hunting ghosts. Like, come on guys, really? Another one of those shows of people just wandering around going, did you hear that? There's definitely a person in this room with us. I, I'm definitely sensing something. A presence. No, you don't. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, houses make weird noises. Did you know that ghost sightings went up like triple when air conditioning started being installed in buildings? The amount of people who thought they heard or saw a ghost mm -hmm. went through the roof when air conditioning became a common thing. Well, the thing I have here is I've recently moved house. Oh, I had to because Garth gave away my address on a previous <laughs> podcast yeah so feel free to go to fake street as much as you want <laughs> i think it was whatever street oh yeah whatever street yeah, yeah that's it's 28 on, whatever street on the corner of yeah fake and uh, not a real address <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't live there anymore yeah because i couldn't well, it was kind of awkward there was too many people outside yeah just just all yeah. massing going we want to see ben from wiki review that never happened no <laughs> <laughs> But no, anyway, here, when I'm in the shower, because it's a little bit of an older house, you can hear this, like, little rattling, and it sometimes sounds like there's footsteps in, like, my kitchen and elsewhere throughout the house. And so that was sort of a weird thing at first, where every time I'd get into the shower, it sounded like someone was walking around my house, and I'm just like, it's not really a convenient time <laughs> for an intruder. This is the worst time for someone to break in. Although, I've said this before, being naked in a fight is either the worst situation or the best. <laughs> you are either gonna get beat up naked you're completely vulnerable or you could go with them and be like yeah I'm gonna fight you naked and no one wants to fight a naked man that's that's your excuse I'm all wet and greased up I figure no one's undecided on fighting a naked man <laughs> most people don't want to fight a naked man but there are some people who would really enjoy fighting a naked man and when you're naked they're the people you don't want to fight that's right that's the last person you want to fight when you walk out naked like bring it on and they're like oh thank god this is gonna be so good let's wrestle <laughs> you can start on top the worst thing is if you're naked and you decide like all right, I'm going to go with this. And you're like, let's fight. And then the other guy starts taking off his clothes and goes, all right, no, no, you're taking away my advantage. Just trying to out crazy each other. Best you can be in a fight is naked, but with boots on. 
As long as if you're wearing boots and you're starkers other than that, you are in the best fighting style you can. You're not completely held back by your clothing. You're as flexible as you need to be. Junk waving around, distracting them. And your feet are protected. <laughs> That's the best you can be in a fight. You come at me with a machete and boots. I don't want to play. I'm not involved anymore. You take whatever it is you want. <laughs> if you were pinned down by some naked guy and he's like kicking the crap out of you. Yes. And you figure you're going to lose this fight. Grab, twist, pull. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you gotta remember. Yeah, that would be the worst thing. Some guy's pinned you down and he's punching you in the face. And not only are you like getting your face broken in, you're in pain, you can feel his junk on your leg while mm. he's doing it. <laughs> That's just unfair. See, I would rather him sit on me and punch me in the face than like have his junk on my face and be punching me in the leg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd rather take a punch to the face. <laughs> Because at that way. point, I know he's not going for the most painful sort of thing. He's doing a psychological battle at this point. <laughs> at this point, this is yeah, this is going to affect you in ways that you cannot heal from. It's like I may not be punching you in the worst place, but I am teabagging you. <laughs> exactly. Look, a black guy can heal in a couple of weeks. <laughs> that wang on your forehead's going to last a lifetime. We have to levitation. Ah, because, yeah, apparently people can float. Which, I thought that was just a standard magic trick. I didn't think there was anyone who legitimately said that they could do it. Buddhist-type, monk-type people do it. And um, a lot of Hindi people. A lot of this is uh, exists in India, because they've got a lot of pseudoscience religion-type things where people believe in magic, so it's a lot easier to fool people who don't have TV. But anything I can see, like, a shitty magician do... Yeah, you know it's not real. I assume that it's not a real thing, then. I saw a thing about, like, how they do it in India. They lie down with a sheet over... Over them hmm. and then they start levitating up but the sheet always remains on the ground as high as you go you can't see what's underneath you and they show you they're just holding two field hockey sticks as legs and standing up and you're like that's a really crappy trick you people are idiots if you believe that <laughs> is there anyone then that believes that they can soar a woman in half there probably is <laughs> i mean not them personally i would expect someone. to see that on the pseudoscience page because i'm like that's not a pseudoscience that's a just a magic trick but now levitation there's a thing you can do with your peel and your balls of your feet where it can look like you're levitating just off the ground once again magicians do that. But well, that's just an illusion. You don't get a lot of magicians going around country India. Although, wouldn't they get the best audience responses? Imagine if you legitimately believed what a magician did was magic. Wouldn't that blow your mind? He's like, was this your card? Fuck! <laughs> Dude, you're like, Jesus! Everyone gather around! This Could you make our crops grow better? <laughs> we could really use some rain. Can you do that? Is that your thing? Can you do that? Sure, why not? Pick a card, any card. And watch the rings are now separate. Ooh. I do know some people who categorize magicians into two different categories, though. Those who can really do amazing things and those who are just doing tricks and illusions. Well, they're all the ones doing tricks and illusions. It's just some do it better. Magicians have, like, magician shops where you can buy all the bits and pieces to put together all the tricks. But then there's the people who actually invent something real and awesome. Because I've seen tricks where I could not tell you how they did it. There has got to be a logical way how they did it I know that you know it's a mm. trick the point is that they have tricked you that's what they're aiming to do they're not trying to say they, they're magical check out I did this thing and there's no way you can figure it out because there was a guy who figured out how to get a phone like standard like iPhone into a beer bottle and he wouldn't put it in through the top he would just go 
and it was in there. And you'd give the beer bottle back to somebody and they'd have to figure out how to get the phone out. And they usually couldn't get the phone out unless they smashed the beer bottle. And I have no idea how he did this, but the fact that he can legitimately teleport a phone into a beer bottle is not something that crosses my mind. There's got to be some trick. Well, obviously it's a trick because we're starting from the point of he's a magician. I'll show you this trick actually. Yeah, let's check this out. Because do we put this shit up on our Facebook page ever? We can put this up to let people see. Because it's from a magician called Dynamo. There he is. He's getting someone else's bottle. So it's not even his bottle that he's providing. So he's got his bottle and his mobile phone. So he hasn't even provided any of the props. But it doesn't even look like it'll fit. And boom, there it is. How the fuck did he do that? And then you notice he just fucks off. Then he just leaves. <laughs> so now when they go to look for him, because while they're looking at that... It's ringing and he can't get to it because it's in the bottle. So yeah, there are things that you can see that you cannot explain. That's crazy. Like, you know there's some way he's figured out how to do that. You know it's a trick. You, you know it's know. a trick, but it is an amazing trick. That is an amazing trick. So we got Rumpology. Let's jump down to that. Interesting fact that I know about this... A practicer of rumpology is Sylvester Stallone's mother. <laughs> Did she read his future in his ass? <laughs> Son. Just, you knew from the beginning, just going like, yeah, that butt's gonna end up good. That's gonna be one famous ass. No. That's why he always works on his glutes. <laughs> I used to change that nappy and I'd say one day he's going to be rocky. If you've got a good ass, then you've probably got more chance of success. That's true. Because it says like it's performed by examining the crevices, dimples, warts, moles, <laughs> and folds of a person's buttocks. So well, if first of all, there's one crevice. But if you have folds and warts and moles, you're probably less likely to be a famous butt actor. Yeah, you should probably see some sort of doctor. <laughs> Second rumpologist is usually a GP. <laughs> Yeah, warts and moles. No, I haven't got any warts and moles. I don't know about dimples. I don't know if I've closely inspected my ass. It's kind of at a weird angle. Unless you've gone out of your way to look at it in a mirror, and even then you can't see it right up close. Like, don't get me wrong, I've seen a few moles' asses, but I've never seen my ass as moles. <laughs> If you found out someone was a rumpologist, would you just be like, all right, come on, let's do this. <laughs> come on. Read my ass. Read my ass. Right in the street, like you find out, you just, all right, just feel up my butt. I reckon rumpology was just something invented by some idiot who wanted to grab chicks' asses. <laughs> yeah, I'm a rumpologist. Did you know that? I can tell you your future. Just turn around, drop your panties, and let me grab your ass. And now this idiot has to look at my ass. <laughs> <laughs> the future always seems to involve some stranger who you've trusted for no apparent reason getting to have sex with you. Yep. I can feel that you've yeah you definitely you've been running. See, a rumpologist would be great at telling the past. You had curry for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you've been sitting on a leather seat on a hot day. First question with interviewing a rumpologist: How many times have you been farted on? <laughs> and does that help tell the future? <laughs> Is that important to you? Is there ever penetration in a rumpology exam? Do you just tickle around the dot, or do you go right in? Where's the source of information on the butt? No, I don't need you to look too deeply. <laughs> I'm a shallow rumpologist. I'm just scratching the surface, dude. If I get right in, no, 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 that's good enough. I'm good. Does it count as rumpology when you go in to get a prostate exam? On some level, I guess so, because they do tell your future. Yeah, you know, they see his hands to figure up your ass and tell you your future. Yeah, you're gonna die. <laughs> oh my god, you, you're gonna die or go through chemo. I really hope they take the finger out before they tell you that you're going to die, because I don't need those two things happening simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, because if you took the finger out and then told me, I'd be like, oh, thank god, that's over. I'm gonna die. Oh, well, at least the finger up the ass is over. Now I can worry about this whole death thing. But if you've got your finger up my ass and you tell me I'm gonna die, what have I got to look forward to? <laughs> I don't care about my mortality could you get your finger out of my butt and then we can talk about whether i want to live or not because right now i don't care too much 
No, I figure when it comes time for me to get a prostate exam, what I want in a doctor is a small Asian woman. Tiny hands. <laughs> Little fingers. I want someone who has the smallest hands I have ever seen. <laughs> Unbelievably small. Even freakishly childlike on an elderly educated person. <laughs> then just don't do it. What are the odds <laughs> that someone with a little tiny finger is going to actually find any cancer in there? Technically, the best doctor would be this guy who's like these sausage cucumber <laughs> fingers. You're not the same when he's done searching for your cancer. I'd rather just not get the test. I'll just die of cancer. I'm fine with that. That's cool. Unless it's a small Asian woman willing to dress up in some sort of costume and then it could be some <laughs> other thing. And that's not really about finding cancer though. That's something I just do every weekend. Yeah, there are people with prostate exams who are like, no, I would rather a man do that. But I'm like, no, their hands are so much bigger. bigger. Mine all come down to just hand size. What if you can feel the hair on their knuckles in there? It's little things like that that's the details that get me what would be worse though is like you go out of your way to find just some little Asian woman tiniest hands then she comes in and she's got those blue on nails <laughs> the big huge talons like a tacky ghetto chick she's like alright bend over like oh hell no you're not cutting up my anus but there's also that thing that if a man does it I might walk out feeling a little violated but if a woman does it I might be like did I just score <laughs> <laughs> who knows this could be my thing now <laughs> There's two schools. Either I don't want to be gay, so I need it to be a woman, or I don't want to find out if that's my thing, <laughs> so it needs to be a man so that it's in no way sexual. Because the last thing you want is to have some woman give you a prostate exam and you're there with a boner. No, you're fine. Are you sure? You want to check again? I didn't think you finished yet. I'm almost there. Are you almost there with the cancer finding? <laughs> Tell me I'm bad. And you can spit on me a little bit. Well, ironically, enjoying that would be a healthy obsession. You'd have you would constantly be having your prostate checked. <laughs> you have no idea if there's any problem, but somebody who's always got someone shoving their finger up there would know the second there's a problem. <laughs> exactly. So they're less likely to get cancer than you are. So maybe it should be your thing. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> You're thinking this through. I'm thinking this through. You know, Go home to Ali and just be like, check my prostate. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. That's okay. You can be a pseudo doctor. Now put this outfit on and here's some fake nails to put on. Oh, you don't want fake nails. Maybe I do. <laughs> I think you're now pushing this a little far. <laughs> This flipped 180 very quickly. I want a doctor who has a genetic disorder that means that they never grew fingernails. <laughs> yes. Just like some... It's just smooth. Just smooth sausage type. It would feel like a dildo going up there, but a small <laughs> one. Some little Asian woman who had their fingernails were pulled out as children or something for mm. some weird pseudoscience reason. That <laughs> That's probably on this page somewhere. Somewhere in here we will find it. <laughs> Psychic surgery. Okay, so popular in Brazil and the Philippines. Philippines, I do know they are all about pseudoscience stuff. They get gemstones surgically implanted in their bodies because it makes them more powerful in some way. It's big in the Filipino army. Before they go out off to war or anything, they'll get amethyst stone or whatever kind of rock on their forehead and their muscles because it makes them stronger or more tolerant to pain. And that's a full-on thing you can go and get done in the Philippines. You remember I was telling you earlier about James Randi? Oh yeah, I do know this guy because I've seen this before where um, he pulls the stuff out of the guy's um, stomach. Yeah, where he takes on psychic surgery. Right, oh yeah, because it's Johnny Carson, so of course I've seen it. Yeah, way back in the day. I'll go past the interview that they do there. But essentially, yeah, he gets one of these guys down. Lies him down, does the whole wet it, and I've got a bowl, and full there gizzards, and reaches in and starts grabbing stuff out, and blood's everywhere. And I like this whole idea of a magician doing a trick like this whilst continuously reminding you that it's fake. 
Like, no, what I'm doing is bullshit. See how lo- real it looks? Because that thing where magicians pretend that what they're doing is real and that they have real powers, you kind of know that that's fake. So I don't know if it improves the act. The confidence of just going, no, 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 it's fake, but I'm still going to trick you. But then it's real because that's why I'm there. I have no idea how you did that and that's incredible. It's not, oh, I believe in a higher power now. I sort of have an idea how he does this because he keeps covering his hand with the other hand yes. and then you can sort of just bend down at the knuckles like that. Mm, it's palming. It's a pretty basic trick, but it's worked so successfully for these psychic surgery people who just pretend to heal your cancer by pulling chicken gizzards out of your stomach. I like the way in which he does it where he slowly pulls it out because it does actually make it look more realistic. Like it's being pulled legitimately out of the body. People pay millions of dollars to have their cancer ripped mm-hmm. out and then just have chicken gizzards put on their stomach. That's why it's so important to have skeptics on this. They're dealing with grief and people who are desperate and you wouldn't believe there's something that can fix it. That makes them evil. Okay, mm-hmm. so therefore we can make fun of them as much as we want and it's okay. Yeah, I do usually side with the skeptics on a lot of this stuff because I do believe it is reasonable to think that things do not exist until proved otherwise. Because knowing the ways in which people can misconstrue things and even with a psychic surgery, how people can be tricked with just chicken gizzards being put on them. It's knowing that people can be gullible and you're more gullible than you think you are. Because gullibility is something that you think that other people have. You assume everything you believe is legitimate. I did believe it when you told me that. I was quite gullible. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody has something that they probably believe that's just wrong because of something that they've heard. Like every now and then you hear, you know this fact you heard when you were a kid? Turns out it's complete bullshit. Everything that you've learnt and decided based on that knowledge is now up in the air of like, well maybe that's not real either. Like when you find out there's no Santa and they're like, well maybe the Easter Bunny's not real either. Is Santa on here? That's not so much pseudo-religion. I wonder if we go find on this page... Santa. No, just in the references and that's not it. It's a different Santa, Santa Barbara. He typed (laughs) in placebo and the page exploded. Because I wonder at the placebo effect itself because it's wrapped up a lot in pseudoscience. Often things like you get acupuncture, for example, which I think is on here. Oh, no, no, no. Acupuncture, this is borderline. It doesn't do what people think it does, but acupuncture does do something. Well, hold on. Let's have a look. Let's let's find it and see what I just said was really stupid. Acupuncture right at the start. So there is something on here that you sort of believed in. There is claims and it has not what you think it does. It does do something. It's like massage. It balances the chi. Personally, I'm not a big believer in acupuncture because the claims it usually makes are if someone says that they got a sore neck they had for a couple of days, it wasn't getting better, they got acupuncture, then it magically got better. Well, necks can get better after a few days. What it comes down to, it is that placebo effect we were just talking about because a lot of acupuncture relieves stress. Now, what really stress is when your muscles relax. Now your muscles will relax when you think you can relax. Oh, it's okay. I've got acupuncture done so I can relax. It's going to fix it. Therefore, by doing acupuncture through the placebo effect, it has actually fixed you. And they've done a lot of research with uh, cancer patients showing that the placebo effect is really good for cancer patients. There's a lot of things which have been healed by placebo. The thing is, it only works because they think it works, even though it doesn't. The thing is with placebo is it's not mostly that it makes you better. It changes the perception of how better you feel. If you say, oh, look, my joints are sore. I had like three days this week. I couldn't do something. But then you start taking these pills and go, oh, it was a good week. It was only three days that I was troubled with it. (laughs) It's the same level of pain, but how you sort of perceive perceive that pain. I mean, one of the best examples of the 
placebo effect is if you ever feel sick and you sit down and watch a movie and yeah. while you watch the movie you're concentrating so much on the movie you don't feel that sick anymore you're still exactly the same amount of sick but it's just your mind's not on it and it's a lot to do with because if the body's tensed up and stressed if you're holding your shoulders tight blood doesn't flow mm. properly and also if you're in a fight or flight if you're in mm. panic you can't digest properly because adrenaline's released so a lot of it is if you just feel okay if you can relax you'll be fine that's well, placebo that's a thing that's actually stress can lead to problems it can mm. higher your blood pressure it can higher your heart rate that's where things like meditation come in where they say you know it can lower your blood pressure and stop your heart rate and it's like well yeah if you sit down and relax and don't mm. stress out for 30 minutes a day you're probably going to be more of a chilled person anyone so. who can do that whether it be <coughs> watching tv meditating or just getting balls out drunk mm. um, it's all good for you if you can keep your stress levels down and you don't get angry that's probably much mm. more healthy for you and a lot of the time i guess with the main effect of the placebo effect is just you feel something's being done for you mm. if someone tells you like just take this and you'll be fine and if you believe that then you'll feel optimistic i feel crap now oh, but i'm okay. gonna feel fine i'm doing something about it because doctors are annoying where they say eh go home heal and they don't give you anything to do you yeah. just sit there and dwell and dwell <laughs> but if someone can give you like a pill to take then you're like i'm doing something about it i love that with uh if you just spend an hour every day meditating you'll feel a lot better you know if i had an hour every day where no one talked to me and i could just like relax mm. i'd feel a lot better too yeah. I don't have to sit there and go um <laughs> if I could have an hour every day where everyone could just leave me the fuck alone I'd be fine I don't have to listen to anyone I'd play my computer games probably during that hour but I'd feel so great at the end of it someone who was talking about like drum circles how like they can reduce your blood pressure and stuff like that and it's like yeah if you like drum circles <laughs> if you're in a drum circle and you're like this shit drives me nuts it's probably gonna stress you out and have the opposite effect it's like my older brother he's into motocross he loves riding bikes oh great for getting you know, getting your wear-wears out having your stress I'm not so much into riding motorbikes and if I was out there with a pack of bogans like getting mud all over me and like trying to keep up and crashing constantly probably not gonna have the same effect he's doing a triple like i feel great i'm trying to kickstart this fucking bike <laughs> i don't feel so good i think acupuncture is the one that people fight off as pseudoscience the most and this is the where we're going to talk about whether it's pseudo or not because it's eastern medicine which western doctors very quick to dismiss it all rightfully so i might add every now and then when i talk to people about acupuncture they go it's proven by science it, it's not no. i mean it's on the pseudoscience page yeah scientists and doctors not really a big fan of acupuncture no. very little of them tend to side with it but then you got there's there's got to be some kind of merit to Chinese medicine. This is my whole base of my argument. I don't have anything that like is actual proof. It's just Chinese have been around doing medicine longer than Westerners. Like, you know, there's that, oh, you've got a flu. Oh, you just need to walk underneath a cow four times and you'll, you'll be fine. A Western medicine when Eastern was doing this. You'd think they'd know something, right? Well, the origins of acupuncture actually come with an emperor who wanted to give medical care to all his people. That's nice. And acupuncture just ended up being the cheapest, the most <laughs> realistic way he could give <laughs> medical care. I mean, he didn't use it himself, but he put this out so he could say that he gave everyone in his kingdom medical care, and it was just this bullshit acupuncture. Because all you got to pay for is needles, and they fix everything. Acupuncture is the public hospital of ancient China, is what you're saying. <laughs> the dumbest origin that I've ever heard for acupuncture is that the Chinese discovered it when people would get arrow wounds, and they found that people would get shot with arrows, but they would be healed in other places. And I'm like, how far fucking likely is that that someone came with an arrow in their leg going ah but my neck feels so oh, much better, better. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh my god, I've got an arrow in my hand, but I've completely lost my depression. <laughs> That didn't happen. And also there's the argument for that, that like, look, you can go up and stub your toe. And then if you get an arrow and jam it through your leg, I promise you, you will not care about your stub toe anymore. Yeah. No matter how badly you kicked it. Because you put an arrow through me. Oh, does your finger hurt? Well, give me your other finger. I'll take your mind off that pain. (laughs) Acupuncture does have some serious things because it's dealing with the senses. So if you put a needle in one place, it'll take away feeling from another place because it blocks the, whatever you call it, the sign. Mm-hmm. That's science. That actually happens. What it can do for you, that's a completely different <laughs> argument for pseudoscience. It's like I figured out this pill that makes you throw up on command. I don't know what it's good for yet, but it, that's what it does. <laughs> that's acupuncture. <laughs> I know that if I stick needles in you here, it'll make your hand feel different. Don't have a purpose for it yet, <laughs> but I just like knowing that I can do that to people. You know, like you see uh, the acupuncture in Kung Fu when Kiss of the Dragon. Kiss of the Dragon, yes. Perfect example of if you put a needle right here on a person, it will stop them from doing something. You know what? That might be true. But do you know what's even more easier to do? To stick that needle in their eye and walk away. If you can get the needle perfectly there, you probably could have done something a lot more devastating to them. If you were able to like carefully pinpoint that spot, you could have just punched them in the face. You could have kicked them in the balls. You could have, I don't know, used the needle in some way to hurt them. Actually stick it in instead of just... because. Acupuncture is just a very small amount into the skin. You don't put it too far in. Jam it in anywhere, you'll do a lot more damage. Well, that's like pressure points, where there's so much more self-explanatory than you think. People think that there's magical points. There's no soft bits where there's no bones, like under the arms mm. and around the neck. Like, you know there's lots of choke points where you can fuck with the windpipe around the neck and render people unconscious, can kick people in the groin. There's, like, bits on the back of the knee that are vulnerable. <laughs> Knees themselves are kind of fucked if you hit them. Exactly. It's all very self-explanatory, where if you know about the body there's nothing more magical like there's this magic point where you can poke someone and they wet themselves hit the soft bits that's a rule for martial arts hit someone in a bit on their body that's softer than the bit you're hitting them with and you'll be fine (laughs) that's all you gotta worry about (laughs) technically you could hit someone in the balls with your nose i would want to (laughs) it would hurt them more than it would hurt you (laughs) <laughs> and that's the exact point. There are these pressure points on the body where, you know, if you can get into the armpit and poke there, it hurts them. But you know what hurt even more? Actually just getting punched there. Yeah, I could stick my thumb in the back of your knee. But, you know, if I just kicked you there, you'd be in way more pain for way longer. They may be true. Still don't know exactly what we can do with that information. I'm still processing. How about this one, body memory? Did you think this was a pseudoscience? That's the hypothesis that the body itself can, you know, muscle memory. Yes. That's essentially body memory, what they're saying. They're saying that muscle memory is a pseudoscience. Body itself is capable of storing memories as opposed to only the brain. This is the very important piece of information to know here. The brain has memory. You have muscle memory, which is when you do something Mm -hmm. enough, your brain memorizes the coordination of Mm. what it has to do. They're saying, no, it's not in the brain. That's in the muscle. The muscle has memories. Here's one that might make a few people uneasy. Chiropractic. (laughs) That is a pseudoscience. They say that... That we uh, crack bones, but they don't actually crack. Now, you're going to hear a slight cracking sound. See, chiropractic kind of confuses me a bit because you have the people who have the subluxation and the cracking of the vertebrae and shit like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's bullshit. But it's like, is there a legitimate doctor that focuses on the back? Because there feels there should be. If you've got a <laughs> foot guy, there should be a back guy. Really, yeah. If you've got a throat and nose guy, that's the number one most important thing. Why are we leaving it up to the guys who couldn't get into veterinary school? I have seen a chiropractor because of a back thing before, but he wasn't doing any of that, like, cracking things. He was taking 
taking x-rays and he was acting like a specialist in the back and I'm like, are there two types of chiropractor or is like, it, what's the fucking deal here? Is this, am I in the pseudo room or not? Yeah, because <laughs> I was very confused by the whole thing because I was expecting some pseudo-scientific bullshit and I'm like, my doctor told me about this guy. This is weird. And it's like he insisted on x-rays. I mean, my back ended up being okay. It was mostly yeah. a muscle thing as it turned out and he said it would just end up being fine. But I was just like, yeah. Mm. But there was no like, I'm going to crack your spine and that's going to fix cure it. your stuff. I wonder if the foot one's on here. What's the foot one called? Uh, podiatrist. No, no, not that. Like, reflexology. <laughs> I'm talking about the pseudoscientific one. What's the pseudoscience for that? Is that Reflexology. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Is that pseudoscience? Is it? You usually find reflexology with chiropractics. With feet or hands or ears. So it's basically if you just focus on one point and say that's everything. There's the great joke with reflexology of where on the foot do you rub to fix the foot? <laughs> no, that's, that's a misconception. It's actually on the nose. <laughs> it's this whole idea that everything mm. is everything, but it's nothing. The whole map is on your hand. Do you think people who believe in reflexology buy new shoes constantly? Because as soon as your <laughs> shoes get uncomfortable, that would make you unhealthy, wouldn't it? So every yeah. time I get sick, it's because of my shoes. Yeah, I think they buy shoes like out of reflex. Oh no, this one's awesome. What do we got here? Tin foil hat. Oh yes, we've all met this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is where oh. people wear a tin foil hat, aluminium foil over their head, usually to stop brain waves coming out or something. There's an electric stop mind reading or mind control radio frequency coming into their brain. When you get to that point, if you're ever unsure about your mental well-being, mm. if you've got a tinfoil hat on, you know you're wrong. There's no way that's right. You should really seek help. I've just looked up, would you let anyone do something to you called rolfing? Before you even look what it is, okay. would you let someone rolf you? Rolling on just the based floor. <laughs> is that when they roll you on the floor? It's called structural integration. Body manipulation devised by a woman, Ida Rolf. So you can rid the body of traumatic memories stored in the muscles. So they rolf you around the room a little. They just manipulate your body. I've had a friend try to do this tapping thing. You want to hear pseudoscience. Like she's in, it's not a cult. Well, that's how she puts it. <laughs> like, oh, there's this new thing. It's not a cult. So you know it's totally a cult. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the bad ones. It's this thing, and I'm sure other people may have heard of this, where you focus on a bad memory, a memory that deep in your psyche that really upsets you. And this is how she explained to me. Okay, so you just focus on that bad moment, and I'm going to tap you on the forehead while you think of it. And that's going to alleviate through like reflexology. It's going to alleviate the bad feeling and it will leave your body and you'll feel well after then. And I'm like, the one thing worse than sitting on a couch thinking about something I hate is sitting on a couch thinking about something I hate while someone taps me in the freaking head. <laughs> You're not tapping me in the head or I'll punch you in the face. That's not going to help. <laughs> Here's how I think that could actually work in a way though. Because you'll think of your bad memory that can make you feel upset sometimes. And while you're thinking of it, she'll sit there and tap you on the head and you'll be like this is weird and annoying and then every time in the future you think back to that bad memory that starts to make you sad you'll think wait a minute remember when this chick like started tapping me on the head while I was thinking about this and then you'll get caught down that rabbit hole of just thinking <laughs> of the tapping and you'll completely forget the thing that it's kind of a clockwork orange thing every time I hear music or I see violence I get sick yeah <laughs> And it's like every time you think of that event now, you'll just start rubbing your, your head. head. <laughs> oh, now it hurts my head when I think about it. It used to just make me sick in my stomach. Now I get both. That Chinese water torture where they tie you up and they have that Bonner. drip on the head. If you'd never heard of that, you're being lowered down into this torture chamber. And you're going past the rack and these like sarcophaguses with spikes. You're like, like no, what are they going to do to you? And they tie you down. You're like, no, are they going to get one of these tools, the buzzsaw, the drill? And then they get a tap and they turn it and it starts dripping on your head. And you're like, oh, seriously? This is it? This is what I get? Oh, wait, this kind of annoying now. <laughs> 
I wouldn't complain because that's way better than anything else they're doing. Ralph's right next to you getting his fingernails pulled out with pliers and you're like, oh dude, you don't know how bad I've got it. <laughs> yeah, if you're getting tortured with your friends, you wouldn't want to be left out. I was tortured too. Dude, they drip water on your forehead. Get over it. That's really annoying, okay? I have my teeth bashed out with a hammer and they put a blowtorch to my chest. Yeah, but the drip didn't stop the whole time. Oh, no. maddening. <laughs> it was maddening. I was going crazy. I was so frustrated. I was wet, but mostly dry. It's, 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 uh, you, it's you don't know. You don't know what that's like. Like, you ever had the feeling that you need to, like, towel off even though it's just your forehead that's mm. wet? You don't want to know what that feels like. Do you, Ralph? Well, I could Because I've got no teeth. <laughs> Worst thing was, was I was kind of thirsty. I got this water dripping on my head, but I can't drink it. I kept trying to open my mouth, but it's only a drop. You're lucky. They just amputated your arm. <laughs> At least you know it's gone. <laughs> I love this down the bottom, just as like a complete screw to the whole thing. Traditional Chinese medicine. Just the whole lot. <laughs> We've All the traditional medicine from China, pseudoscientific. It's not real anymore. Because, well, it is and it isn't. In Western <laughs> science, it is a complete pseudoscience because we've got our own thing going on here. If it's a pseudoscience here, it's a pseudoscience there. Yes and no. Science is science everywhere. It can't just have your own science in your own country. Western medicine, very defensive of itself. Otherwise you get kooks going in pulling chicken gizzards out of people's torso. Because in Western medicine you've got to prove everything. That's the point. Whereas Chinese medicine, they're like, no, we've already proven these things. Western medicine was like, how did you prove this? Uh, We don't really remember anymore. We just assumed someone proved it. We assumed it was proven. We've been doing this for a really long time. It'd be pretty stupid if it wasn't real. Western medicine are the people who decide what pseudo and not pseudoscience is the point. Most of the traditional medicines, though, were thought up when people died at the age of 30. Yeah. And I'm not taking my medical advice from anyone who died at the age of 30. Because I'm older than them. <laughs> I'm older than them, so... I don't need that. I win. I need the, the newfangled <laughs> keep you going when you're a geriatric <laughs> stuff, thank you. Any medical advice that starts with when the gods say, <laughs> just <clears throat> no. The placebo effect comes up a lot with medicine and, like, these pseudoscientific claims. If you take real medicine, not only does it give you a placebo effect as well. That's true. Every medicine is actually better than a placebo because the scientific study that you have to do to become a medicine, you have to do better than a placebo to be counted as a medicine. And it comes with a placebo as well. That's true. I never thought of it that way. And that's why um, Robitussin works on pretty much everything. Now there is the idea that if the placebo effect is real, then a lot of things like the Pink Ribbons Association, they're responsible for breast cancer. Because you think about it, if you believe something and you can make yourself better, therefore if you believe something, you can make yourself worse. And if you've got a company that's going out telling you that you could have cancer, they would actually cause people to have cancer using the placebo effect. What do they always say? We're spreading awareness. Stop it! Stop it. Don't tell anyone. You're spreading the problem. I didn't even know I could get breast cancer until you came along. They could cure a bunch of people just by saying, breast cancer, you're never going to get it. Don't worry. <laughs> That's someone else's problem. And if you do, it'll probably be all right, you know? Because if you get checked for anything, then you usually think, oh no, what if I have it? Like, mm. you can't help but think, what if I have it when you get checked for anything, no matter how obscure. Yeah. Otherwise, why would you be getting checked for it? Exactly. So wouldn't that cause you to get it then? You're much more likely to get it. So if you get tested for things, like if you get a prostate exam, you're more likely to get cancer than if you don't get a prostate exam. So you're saying the best way to avoid cancer is to not let anyone put anything up my butt. Yeah. I like this plan. Let's go with that plan. <laughs> Just complete ignorance to the fact of what you can catch. If you think that diseases don't exist, you can't
can't catch them. That's true. Actually, on the placebo effect, yeah, you couldn't catch any disease you didn't know existed. As long as you're willing to believe it's not a thing. So anything you don't believe is real, you can't get It's like that from. time I got hit by that car, but there wasn't a car there, so I didn't get hit. <laughs> uh, I could have sworn there was a car, because I was limping for a few days, but nah, I didn't see a car. I didn't look, so I didn't see it, so therefore I didn't get hit. What's urine therapy? I was just looking at that <laughs> Drinking either one's own undiluted... Uh, I like that they have to put in its undiluted urine. Or homeopathic portions of urine. So either someone's made a potion out of urine, which could be either their piss or like an animal, or you got to drink your own piss. This is a treatment for a wide variety of diseases. Well, homeopathic stuff tends to rely on the memory of water. The memory of water. So basically you would piss into a glass, you would pour that piss out of the glass, fill it with water, empty that water, fill it with water again, and it should still have the memory of your urine in there. And that would be drinking your own urine. I see. But to me, it just always sounds like you're just cleaning the glass. <laughs> you're slowly losing... There'd be a remnant. They don't have any molecules left in there. It flushes out all the molecules and just keeps the essence, which means if you scientifically test it, it's got none of the stuff that they claim is in it. It's just water. You pee in a glass, you then wash it thoroughly, like, you know, put it in the dishwasher, then you scrub it or whatever, but it still has the memory. In other words, you remember there was piss in it. Yeah. I mean, we've all had that, like, bowl <clears throat> or something which something not so good happened to it, and you can't eat cereal out of that bowl ever again. That's it. It's now the dog's bowl, the cat's bowl. It's got some other job. If I was to boil lead or something, like, you know, like, do up something which wasn't food into a bowl, it's gone. It's not a food bowl anymore because it has that memory. I remember when I was a kid, my mum was doing tests on the sheep because there was a sick sheep. So she had sheep poo mm. in the kitchen because that's where farmers keep sheep poo. And as she was picking up a sample to put it in a thing, she dropped the poo in our cornflakes. It just dropped in there. It probably didn't even go in the plastic bag inside it. It just went in the cardboard box. I didn't eat cornflakes for like a day. <laughs> <laughs> That was it because some one packet one day had sheep crap fall in it. I was done with cornflakes until I could really be sure that it was not the same packet. See, the memory of that sheep shit was in every box of cornflakes I ever saw from then on. I can imagine you like a decade later eating cornflakes going like, these things are great. Why did I stop eating them? Oh, the sheep poo thing. You're like, oh, that's right. And then just push it across the table. I'm done with this now. I'm done with this. I'm not eating them again. It's another 10 years off till I forget it. No one asked me why I didn't eat this. Uh, they have meridians. What's a meridian? That's the lines in which your chi flows. Ah, okay. Who knew those were pseudoscience? And Zhang Fu. When they talk about pseudoscience, they usually tend to pick on the Chinese a lot. Pseudoscience is Western medicine's rally against Chinese medicine because there is a lot of stuff in Eastern medicine but it's surrounded by so much garbage that sounds so like unbelievable. Oh, you have a very happy kidney. That's probably just poor translation but I don't want to trust your opinion on whether I need surgery or not. <laughs> Can I talk to someone possibly in a coat who isn't recommending tiger penis as a solution? There's so much to do on this page. Yeah, we've only just started and we're, yeah, we're going to have to come back to this guys. We're going to have to do this all again because everywhere we look there's great. Is anyone interested in a three hour episode? <laughs> <laughs> we can do like a double episode. We could definitely, I think we should do come back to this because we got to get through this all because there's so much here. Every time we look at it, there's something I want to talk about. We're not going to fit it all in. All right, we'll go down a couple and just get some okay. thoughts out there. Hypnosis. I am willing to go out and say that hypnosis is the biggest load of crap. We're comedians. We've done shows with hypno 
hypno- what are they called? Hypnot- a hypnotist. A hypnotist, thank you. A hypnotist is the biggest liar in the room. Anyone who's ever said that they've been hypnotized is an idiot who wanted to do stupid things in front of their friends and then realized that they're not hypnotized but are too embarrassed to admit it. You're an idiot. If you think you've been hypnotized, you're wrong. Well, basically what they do is they get a bunch of people up on stage. They tell them all to cluck like a chicken. Some people don't. They get told to sit back down. Yes. They're all the people who cluck like chickens, then they tell them to do something slightly more embarrassing to, like, dance around. Mm-hmm. And it slowly gets more and more embarrassing. And then it gets to a point where it's, like, fake an orgasm. And by this point, you realize that if you act like you're not hypnotized now, then people are going to think you just did all that previous shit under your own free will. Because you're So idiot. now you're forced to either admit that you're an idiot and were faking it the whole time, or fake an orgasm on stage and go, oh, I was hypnotized, I wasn't in control. So hypnosis is really just peer pressure? It's just peer pressure applied on stage. I know people who have given fake drugs to people when they were younger. And like, yeah, man, this is ecstasy or something. And then watch the person pretend to be high. Don't do that to people, by the way. So it's peer <laughs> pressure with a little bit of placebo effect in there. Exactly. Subliminal advertising. Drink a... <laughs> Ben and Garth podcast. <laughs> I want to know about subliminal advertising. Does it actually work? Because I've heard things where they've done drink coke put in as like a slide in a movie and afterwards everyone got thirsty. But you hear that story. Did it really happen? Do you know what they found does a lot better than just like flashing up like drink coke in like a, a short thing? Do is if work? they actually have someone go, drink coke. More people just do it if you just directly tell them. Uh, like just normal advertising. Yeah. Like uh, liminal. Super liminal. <laughs> yeah. Hey you, drink coke. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Let's do that. Subliminal advertising, it's hard to tell because most of the time people aren't paying that much attention to the screen. Exactly. People are looking away or looking at other things. Because you think about how you watch movies and stuff, you're not always completely focused on the screen sometimes. Like you'll have a glimpse around the room. And especially during the ad section at the start, sometimes you're on your phone. So a real ad actually works a lot better than subliminal. I mean, it's not pseudoscience thing, so I don't think it has any effect. Hang on. Sluggish schizophrenia. What is... even give you an explanation it's just like sluggish schizophrenia drop mic drop mic yeah you know what that means right no you don't just get to drop that slow progression schizophrenia and why is it in pseudoscience it's schizophrenia is real isn't it yeah schizophrenia is totally real it's really real for the people just not sluggish it. schizophrenia seems to come up in russia a lot maybe it's, at the top. it's a russian disease in soviet russia to describe what they claimed was a form of schizophrenia characterized by a slowly progression as a course it was diagnosed even in a patient who showed no symptoms of schizophrenia or other psychotic disorders on the assumption that these symptoms would appear later. Oh, Ah. so it's this person's not schizophrenic, but they will be. It's like if I went up to you and went, yeah, I've just been reading the signs and you're going to be schizophrenic very soon. So we got to deal with you. We're going to take you to a mental hospital, put you in a padded room for the rest of your life because it's going to happen. Racial theories. Ah, here we go. Those rarely work out for black people. For the first one, Arianism. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. It doesn't work out for anyone who's not German. <laughs> the superiority of, yeah, the, we all know that. Nazism and, you know, if you're white. What are the other ones, though? Yeah, a lot in the racial theories tend to be a person who was of a particular race figured out that their race was the best race ever. Isn't it a coincidence? It's always the same, per- they're yeah. of, of that race? Yeah, no one ever finds out that a different race to them is actually better than them. They're like, you know, I was doing <laughs> some research. I'm Irish and it turns out uh, Lithuanians, best people in the world. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. We don't even have a soul. They're all going to heaven. We're just scum. We were God's mistake. Take it turns out. We should technically be their slaves. I'm 
I'm going to go volunteer right now. They always figure out that it's the other people who should be the slaves. Yeah, <laughs> somehow that always works out. But check this out. Drapetomania. This is the mental illness described by an American physician that caused black slaves to flee captivity. So people not wanting to be slaves was a mental condition that Samuel A. Cartwright decided called drapetomania. Work him in the field all day and then I whip him and somehow he doesn't seem happy. Should I whip him more? He's got a mental disorder. He doesn't like being a slave. A black man who doesn't like being a slave? <laughs> this How could a- this be such a thing? This is an outrage! <laughs> <laughs> Clearly he's got some sort of mental illness. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, it's not not so much for the people, but I love that that's a thing. And the people went, yeah, yeah, it turns out a lot of these slaves catch this mental illness. I've always had this idea of like this old southern slave owner waking up in bed in the middle of the night, like all terrified. And his wife goes to him and goes, Are you okay? And he's like, I had a dream that all men were created equal. <laughs> Uh, where little black girls and little white girls played with each other in the river of prosperity. <laughs> Don't be silly, sweetie. It's only a dream. It's only a dream. We are superior in every way. They're chained up downstairs now. It's okay. They're um, all happy being as slaves, except for those people who have dreamt of pedophilia. Mania. Yeah. That, that word we can't pronounce. Oh, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> That's the funniest thing going. Okay, we need to start from a logic that these people like being slaves. <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, we got them on a boat. We put them in chains. I forced them to work every day, to live in rags. I beat them all the time. Why are they unhappy? What more could I have done? I love the idea of just like this one gets this mental illness and then the owner goes down to all the slaves. And says, I just don't know what I could have done more for you people. I hope you're happy. I would love it if this guy traveled forward in time to this day. Age and he's like, oh my god, it's an epidemic. <laughs> I think None it- of these people are happy doing what I said. <laughs> and then we get to the bottom theory of the racial theories. This is the final flip on Arianism. Melanin theory. Belief founded in the distortion of non-physical properties of melanin. That's like your skin, the thing that turns you black. A natural polymer that portions the inherent superiority of dark-skinned people and the essential inhumanity and an inferiority of light-skinned people. Ah, oh, see, that's one against us now. Finally. I gotta know about how inferior I am. Pseudo-scientific claim in Afrocentrism. So this is one of those counterculture things when the Black Panthers came up. You know, like, white man's the devil. I think you might have heard that somewhere at some point in time. So it's a color-coded thing. The darker you are, the better you are. Absolutely. The lighter you are. So if you're, like, a light-skinned black guy, you're still not as good as a dark skin. That's right. The darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. (laughs) (laughs) I bet the guy who thought of this theory was a very dark person. Absolutely. As dark as they could be and say, see, this means I'm the best. (laughs) Just so happens. (laughs) Just so happens. I mean, it wasn't some light-skinned black guy who went, oh, it turns out the darker. No, 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 no. Because if it was a light-skinned black guy, I'd be like, it turns out that if you're not that dark or that Ooh. light, best. I would still absolutely love to find out that this theory was thought off by a white guy. Uh, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's a very short page. Because I think it's just someone just claimed it and there was nothing to back it up. Leonard Jeffries. See, Leonard Jeffries. A very dark African black man. Who, ins- who seems Like, to even insist. black for black standards. Like, yes. yeah. That, that's my theory. As soon as they go, like, the darker a black man, the, the better. It's like, you're a very dark black yeah. man, aren't you? And he's wearing the African outfit, too. With the last name, like, Jeffries, you know he didn't grow up in Africa. Ah, oh, but good for him. Fair enough. I mean, we can have Aryanism. Why can't we have melanism? There should be equality in the pseudosciences. That's should- right. <laughs> when it comes to racial theory, black people are entitled to as many bullshit 
bullshit theories as they want to. I mean, we said that, like, black people are mentally disabled if they don't want to be slaves, so beat that one. <laughs> you guys have got a tall hill to climb. <laughs> like, you know when the bar's set so low that there's no way you could possibly go lower? You guys have got a great start. Numerology, which would include 13. Oh, when numbers mean stuff. Uh, and scripture codes, which is just... Oh, if you go through the Bible. Da Vinci coding. I like that they thought of Jesus and God as essentially um, cryptographers. See, now we got down to, like, religious stuff. Oh, we could be here all day. Because you got Christian sciences. I love that. Christian science, it's an oxymoron. It's like military <laughs> intelligence. So if I could go to a Christian science museum, I would just go in a second. I want to see what they think science is. It's just one big room which says God did it. <laughs> That'd be the best museum ever. And they have creation sciences, which is basically everything in the Bible is in this section. This is the Christian science. They got like Noah's Ark. No way. There wasn't a guy who built a huge boat that could fit a bunch of animals. Get out of here. No, because they found this boat and it was like in a mountain and they found it and it was like really big. So Noah existed, right? They have intelligent design. I do not believe that anyone intelligent could have built this earth. They would have done a better job. <laughs> yeah, whoever built this earth was an idiot. Moronic design. The work of an angry tent. <laughs> Someone who wasn't going to be there to see the downfall of it. God may not have created the earth. He got his assistant to do it. Exactly. <laughs> he has a, you know, some sort of uh, project manager who doesn't care anymore. He's not liable. He's moved on to bigger and better things. The sway comes up again. It's on there twice. It's really pseudo. Idiosyncratic ideas. Following concepts have only a few... Time a cube. small number of proponents yet to become notable. All right, so what do we got here? The polywater, the high Hypothetical polymerized form of water proposed in the 60s, a higher boiling point. All right, special water. Time cube, though. What's a time cube? Time cube is that every single day is actually happening at the exact same time. Oh, I've heard that. Time is another dimension. So technically, you have to think of everything happening all at the same time because time is just a measurement. It in no way will change your life in any way at all, but you still have to go to work. <laughs> but that's a thing, time cube. Well, that's the thing <laughs> I hate with those things where this is how I think it all exists. And it's like, yeah, who cares it has no effect in order for me to care you gotta have this exists and therefore we can do this it's like unless we can figure out something to do with it then who cares you can't prove it exists or prove it disexists because it doesn't matter if it exists or not how's this gonna get me to work on time do you want to see if one's on here before we finish this episode because i think we may have even talked about it it's not gonna be on there uh there's the mandela effect have i talked about that on the podcast yet i don't think so it's this awesome idea where it was thought of by this woman who remembered that now Nelson Mandela, he died in prison. He didn't die in prison, did he? Well, that's how she remembers it. She remembers oh. seeing the funeral and everything. Oh, wow. And she has such a distinct memory of this that what she believes is that there are parallel dimensions and it continuously swaps over and some people remember it. Because she knows other people who think that Nelson Mandela died in prison. So <laughs> instead of thinking that she misremembered this, she believed that it happened. I love humanity for that one reason. Wait, what? He's still alive. Yeah, there he is on TV. Nah, I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> and so there are universes where, like, you know, when you're a kid how you used to watch the Looney Tunes yes well you didn't actually watch the Looney Tunes well you did but in this parallel universe because it actually isn't Looney Tunes it's Looney Tunes tunes is in like melody sort of thing and okay. tunes is in like cartoons so and they were called the from... Looney Tunes not the Looney Tunes well, I always thought they were the tunes there are yeah. a lot of people who remember it as Looney Tunes really? there's also the Berenstein Bears and the Berenstein Berenstein people remember that all sorts of ways and they blame this Mandela effect of no 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 I'm not missing 
misremembering it. I just remember a parallel universe where that was true. That's a long way to go to just get out of I was wrong. It's not that hard to say, people. <laughs> Honor effect. Believe the moon. The full moon influences human behavior. I do believe that. So you actually believe a few things. Because the moon does not affect people. Well, you say that, but... <laughs> <laughs> How long have we got left on this episode? Uh, uh, no, go, go. I'll go. make this as quick as possible. So will I. You're wrong. <laughs> when there's a full moon, ask anyone who works in an emergency room in a hospital. They will attest that when it's a full moon, there's more crazy people. Emergency rooms are usually full on a full moon as opposed to other nights. More births happen on a full moon and more crazy people come out and do crazy things. Now, this is all based on testimony of people who worked in emergency rooms. Which, when you're inside, you don't see the moon, so you don't know if it's a full moon or not. You could also claim that when there's a full moon, there's more light, so people tend to go out and do stuff. Anyone who's gone <coughs> hunting knows mm-hmm. that hunting is obviously better with the full moon, because then you can see where you're going. So, the moon does have effects on people. Probably not what this is going to say. They will say that the full moon has an effect, but it doesn't have necessarily a huge effect every full moon, and some nights that aren't full moons are also crazy. So, once you sort of, like, add those statistics in, so you just have a better memory of the crazy nights that also had a full moon because you mm. ask somebody is there a full moon tonight yeah exactly oh and because dis- if they say no you just be like oh it's just another crazy night and you discount that towards your theory and even that it's full for yeah. a couple of days and sometimes people count it as a full moon even when it's not full when so you look was- at it covered a little and be like oh it's pretty much full there's a bit of leeway and that's probably where it starts to fall apart i mean it is in no way science i'm just saying that people do crazy things when there's a full moon i guess probably they do it when there's not a full moon too but yeah. <laughs> well it's on this page I think that's the argument there. Moon landing conspiracy theories. Uh, yeah, or the taped. claim that we didn't land on the moon. It was taped in a Texas hangar. Everyone knows that. You can see that the flag did wave or didn't wave or it moved or something. Or there was a shadow in the wrong way. Or I don't know. You hear those things and you go, okay, that's conspiracy. See, with what I know about filming, when I hear a lot of the conspiracy theories about why didn't this turn up or why didn't that, I'm like, oh, that's a lighting thing. Like, that's <laughs> a that. Because I know with the thing where they say, like, there's an absence of stars, it's daytime when they were doing it and it looks black out there because there's no fucking atmosphere around the moon which is what is the blue so which means during the day you'd see the sun but it would be black and they have to stay on the light side of the moon because otherwise you'd freeze to death so it'd be too bright that you couldn't see stars but it would look black because there's no atmosphere yeah you know there'd be floodlights on everything they've got if you've got light in the foreground you can't see stars go to the city you can't see stars also it was done on a black and white camera in the (coughs) 60s you want to give them a freaking break yeah there's probably some guy at nasa going i told you we needed a longer exposure no one's gonna believe Spoiler alert, they went to the moon. Get a telescope, you can actually find where they landed. You can see it. People could look up at that time and see it happening. People saw the rocket go up in the air. Yeah, that'd be the big thing with making the moon landing of just going like, all right, now to get this conspiracy going, we're going to have to actually build a huge rocket. We're going to have to get people who are going to be the astronauts and they need to be qualified people in case people look into it. Get them onto the rocket and make it look like they're on the rocket. We need the rocket to launch and go up so it looks like it's going to the moon. So we're going to actually need it to leave our atmosphere. But then people are still going to have telescopes and going to follow it. So we're going to actually need to send that rocket all the way out to the moon. And we're going to actually have to have like a little thing come off it and go onto the moon. And those people will come out and wait, we're not we're not a conspiracy anymore. We're actually just doing this. <laughs> so why are we pretending to go to the moon? Well, this way we don't have to cater it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hollow Earth. Flat Earth. There is still a Flat Earth Society. Occasionally a celebrity will come out. The rapper B.O.B. Oh, that's where I go for all my scientific facts. He said the Earth is flat, obviously. It looks flat. I like that you've joined the society without thinking too much into it. <laughs> yeah, the Earth's flat. Look, it's flat. You can see that. Well, actually, you can't. You know how the horizon ends? That's because it's round. If it was flat, it'd just keep going. We didn't even get to the lie detector machine. I really want to go into that one because that is the crowning glory of pseudoscience because that's testifiable in court and it's complete bullshit. Is this just what the podcast is about now? I think we could do this forever, yeah. I think we've started a new podcast. <laughs> this is so far got to be the best page we've ever done. All right, speaking of that, ratings. Shit. You haven't thought of one. You know you I have never haven't. thought of one. <laughs> well, well, Pass me the Coke. When I need a break in the podcast, I just say to you, rate it, guys. <laughs> uh, and then you shit. say, can we have a break? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. And I did think about it this week. Mm. I did spend time as I'm usually while I'm driving, like, oh, but I didn't think about it. I just went, oh, I've got to remember to think about it. Do you want me to do my rating first? Well, yeah, why not? And I'll just go from there. And then I'll pass it over to you and see what you come up with on the fly. If not, we can pause for another break that I can erase. <laughs> Let's just get stuff done. I'll feed you in. Alright, that's pretty much all the time we've got for this page, which we've barely scratched the surface of it. I there's... know, there's so much more. I keep going down and seeing more and more. Which we'll, we're definitely coming back to this. There's no way we're not... Face on Mars. Stop reading things because we're going to get caught <laughs> up again. Bermuda Triangle. Stop it! Right, Free so... energy! <laughs> so Ben, I, I think I can tell how you're going to react to this, but what did you think of the page? I'm going to give this 99 out of a hundred. Whoa! And there is no like real joke on this. I am really enjoying this page. It loses a point for the simple fact that there's no pictures. There's always got to be pictures. Everything you read is just like, really? That's a thing? It's awesome. You just go, everything is eye-catching on this. We could just devote this to a podcast that just reviews this page alone. This could be our life's work right here. And I'd love that. How many episodes could we get if we went through and did uh, one episode was each one of these things? Hundreds. So this is the first episode of our side podcast that we're going to start. Colon <laughs> cleansing. That's I love this page. This is an awesome page. And no gag, you've gone 99 out of 100 because that's the best you've ever given, isn't it? Well, this is one of the few times where even after we turn off the mics, I reckon we're still going to be looking at this page for a little bit. This is going to take over my life. <laughs> I need to know what kind of stupid motherfuckers are out there. And what kind of pseudoscientific rating do you give it? Oh, I'm going to give... Because your, your ratings should be on here as pseudoscientific. Oh, they're definitely pseudoscience. <laughs> <laughs> Some claim that it's gibberish with no scientific merit whatsoever. Those people would be right. I'm going to have to give this a forceps out of a possible T-cell 4 count of cancer. <laughs> because that's real science stuff. <laughs> I love this. Everything we've looked at is just hilarious. Rumpology? Someone thought of that and then someone did that and now that's a thing. It doesn't matter what you're doing if you're in a waiting room, if you're on a bus, go to this page because just listed one after the other of just dumbass ideas that are things. I love that. There's nothing more amusing to me than finding out about something you never knew existed. It makes no sense to you, but you know just from reading this, there are idiots out there that are convinced this is like a real thing. <laughs> so yeah, but hit us up on Facebook if you have any suggestions for Wikipedia topics we can do. We often do discuss the ones that have been suggested to us. So we, we love to do ones that are suggested, if we, we get good suggestions. If, and we haven't really. If we haven't done your suggestion yet, it means we thought it sucked. Yeah, pretty much. You should be offended. <laughs> We've been asked some pretty stupid things, like the wax that forms on dead bodies, because apparently that's a Wikipedia page. But thank you for your suggestion. We it, do appreciate it. We do, yeah. <laughs> and keep trying. Keep trying. We do have to do them all eventually, so sooner or later, yours will get done, and you'll be like, hey, I told them to do that. <laughs> 
that probably wraps it up for this page. Yeah, I want to keep going, but we'll be here all day and this will be like an eight hour podcast. So we really should cut it off here. Before we go, though, we should probably mention that we have a comedy room opening up. Yeah, we have a thing. It's a thing. We're setting up shop at the Coronation Hotel in West Ipswich. This is the 26th of August, the first episode. Of 2017. So if you're listening to this years later and it's coming up to the 26th of August, just, just forget about it. If you've just tuned in and it's like 2025 or something, we probably still don't have this room. But we probably have something going on. So check our website either way. Yeah, humidor.com.au. Check that out. Our first show is going to be a cracker. This is the first one. It's going to be monthly, but the first one, Aaron Pratt is the headline. He is the funniest man. The funniest Samoan I know, definitely. One of the funniest guys I've ever met. He is going to rock your world. Aaron's awesome, yeah. He is. Then we've got uh, Christopher Martin as the MC. He's going to host. He's a great improv guy. It's going to be great. And we have so many more great acts. It's going to be a cracker. We will be there. So if you do want to come up and talk to us about the podcast or anything. If you want more details, check out humidor.com.au. We'll have the posters up. We should have it around everywhere. It's going to be big. It's going to be awesome. It'll be on our Facebook page and everything. If you keep in touch with us and it's free entry yes i can't point that out enough free entry just rock up you would normally have to pay like 30 bucks to see this lineup of acts plus aaron pratt headline oh my god that's like a professional this isn't some open mic get what you get show Mm. this is a proper show that you get to see for free i don't know anywhere else you could get that we're the only idiots who aren't charging for this it's hard to see why we're not rich ben Oh, and we have the same method with the podcast itself. Exactly. We'll just do it and not earn any money, and somehow that'll be a thing. Love to see some of the podcast listeners turn up and come support the show. And give us all your half-brained ideas for what we should do for episodes. Yeah, definitely. It makes our lives better. All right, other than that, I think we'll call that quits. I've been Ben Graw. I've been Garth Remington. And we'll talk to you next time. Email us at wikireviewpodcasts at gmail.com. Theme is I Live for the Bass Drum, provided by our buddy DJ Searle. All other music by Matt Graw.